Members of the OG Army, get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the Other Ground Live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton. Ladies and gentlemen, it is August the 17th. It is Monday. Jay is still on vacation getting a wicked tan in the state of Michigan. I am Big Dalton. We are here for another solo show. I see folks are starting to uh, head into the Podbean chat here. Also getting YouTube up and running as we uh, have folks come in here, one thing that you're supposed to apparently do, everyone that is listening on Podbean, be sure to follow us there. If you're on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button because I'm told if I don't say this, you don't actually do it. So there it is. That is the cheap plug. Another very, very important thing to say here on this Monday is I ordered food about 90 minutes ago and the delivery driver just got to the restaurant. So somewhere in the next 10 to 20 minutes, my fat ass will be walking away from this microphone for about 30 seconds while I grab that shit off my porch. But other than that, how's everybody doing today? I see Sly and DeJusher in the Podbean chat. I see Team Evil Bad Guys in the YouTube chat. So I'm having to pull a Verna from UFC 252 and look at two things at the same time. I don't think Jay could do that with his one working eye, but hey, let's uh, let's give it a go. So what do folks want to talk about here today? I know we uh, did kind of a UFC 252 post-mortem yesterday. Talked about the fights going forward. We talked to a friendly minister from Ghana. Goddamn, that was something else. We also got to uh, catch up with Tenor. But today we have nothing, and I don't necessarily want to just yap about fucking news. There are a couple interesting things out there, though. Uh, so in the news today, do you guys know uh, Purdue Pharma? So this is the company that makes Oxycontin. So we were kind of talking about this, I think, on the uh, Fight Companion and maybe one of the shows, uh, as far as all of the goddamn opiates we have all been on because we're all just completely broken humans. But apparently uh, several U.S. states are seeking up to $2.2 trillion from this company. The reason why, and I'm not sure how many people have kind of kept up with it, is the entire like role that this company's had into the uh, opioid epidemic. So basically, these filings are out there, and it shows how they've you know pushed all of this on doctors and got them to prescribe oxy to people that didn't need it. I say fuck them, because I know I've known a few a few people that have been hooked on these things. How about you guys? Is this a problem where you are? So I know, Sly, you've been a couple different places in the country. You, you kind of have your uh, you kind of have your locations, you know, on the coast and also up near Jay. Is it a big issue where you are? 
I know it was, it's a little bit of an issue here, I think, because I'm in an area that's a little bit more well-off. People, you know, just hide their drug habits. The Jusher sounds like opioid epidemic isn't a problem for him. Sly, I was talking about uh, oxy and opioid dependence and all that fun stuff. Did it impact either place you been? Because I know you've uh, spent some time out in California, also obviously up in the Great Lakes region. I don't know if it was huge there. I think the biggest thing it's been is Florida, right? Wasn't there a point where Florida, despite being whatever you know portion of the population, was like the vast majority of like opioid prescriptions of all their little pain management places? Ah, that makes sense, Sly. So Sly is saying his his kind of close knit folks are so anti-drug they don't even smoke weed. I guess you could classify me as that, but that's really only because it's not legal here. I tell you what, if I could get a nice line on some edibles and it wouldn't be illegal, I, I would be taking those sons of bitches every night for my back. I pretty much pull a uh, Camicom every night, except I just take the pills instead of having the dropper of taking like a, a CBD pill to try to, you know, deal with some of that pain each night to, to fall asleep. Luckily, I sleep like a fucking rock. So once I'm out, I'm out. I'm good for a good eight hours. Uh, as long as I don't, like, twist in some weird way or, you know, one of the dogs steps on my balls. That's no fun. Uh, Team Evil Bad Guys in the YouTube chat. He is in New York. So, yes, it is definitely bad there. He personally knows three people who have died from, from it. That's not good. I know, I've know i known people that have had problems. I don't know anybody that died. But there are a couple people that pretty much lost, you know, most of their life, whether it be, you know, a divorce, and then they moved on from, you know, actual oxy to, you know, like cocaine and shit like that. Or heroin, not cocaine. Heroin is the, the like opioid. But either way, back to the kind of the, the news itself, I wonder what that does, right? So like these pharmaceutical companies are absolutely giant, but I can't necessarily think of any company out there that can just hit a $2.2 trillion hit to the old purse strings and be okay. Um, Sly's bought him a couple times. Um, yeah, you can buy anything in Mexico, definitely on the cheap. I can say I've used Oxy Oxycontin before. Um, it's it's too much for me, I tell you that much. And sadly, it's really the only pain reliever that works for me uh, as any sort of like, you know, clinical grade. Vicodin does nothing. Oxycontin, I feel like I'm almost dead. But I definitely did take those the time that I had a few broken ribs. That must be one of the worst times ever. It's not necessarily the worst pain, but it is the pain that you cannot escape. So I, I think that was definitely worth the risk of, you know, being hooked on opioids if, you know, I couldn't have gotten off those pills. Luckily, had no sort of issue. But either way, for the most part, fuck Purdue Pharma and the way that they push these things, it sucks because people that use these things correctly, like these goddamn things are a lifesaver, but they had to go and screw everything up. 
In other news, I know we've had kind of a, a running thing about China being asshole, but it seems North Korea is as well. I'm sure nobody would have guessed that one. The North Korea has come out and they are making people surrender their dogs to be butchered and sold in restaurants. So how does that resonate to you guys? I know Sly probably has a slightly different look on it because he's been in places that aren't necessarily as first world as the U.S., so he probably has more of an appreciation for the kind of struggle that North Korea has. If I don't think anybody can necessarily directly relate to that one. But yes, Kim Jong, is he ill or un? God damn it, I don't remember now. Kim Jong-un, yes, the current Kim guy, came out last week and, and basically made it illegal to have pets and in doing so was making people surrender their dogs so they could be butchered and fed to people. How that reflects of how life in North Korea is right now, I don't necessarily know what to say about that. How about you guys? North Korea, I'm guessing everybody's a big thumbs down. Yes, no, maybe. Sly thinks it's heinous. Absolutely, it's fucking heinous. Like, is life... I hate to say it because I can't relate to it, right? Is life really that terrible in North Korea that they have to do that? The answer is probably yes. I don't know if you guys have seen a lot of the, the documentaries and things like that of how life is really there as opposed to just knowing, you know, the, the kind of happy face they put on everything. So it's interesting that you really, I mean, you can go visit there. I would definitely never say to do so if you're doing so on a, on a United States passport. Because, yeah, yeah I don't think you want to be, you know, recognized as from the U.S. and then used as a fucking pawn to get a bunch of money or, you know, whatever else they would do. The only person I can think of is that guy that they, they basically sent back to us that was like on ventilators and about dead and then ended up dying. But if you go down the YouTube rabbit hole, there is an interesting one. And I think the guy may have been Russian. I think he was Russian. He spoke English in the, in the documentary. Uh, but there was this Russian guy that decided he was going to do the whole tourist thing in North Korea while obviously knowing that it is also a shithole there and try to get around some of that stuff. That is interesting watching if you get a chance because the things that they do there, like when you're taking the train into the, into the country, if you are not basically, you're not following all of the rules, number one, you're fucked because you're going to just immediately get thrown in jail. But like things you can't have, like, you can't bring cell phones into the country. You can't bring, like, non-approved recording equipment. You have to give them access to anything that you're bringing so they can inspect it. Like, there's certain, I think there's even certain, like, dress code requirements. And then once you're there, you're stuck in this entire, like, propaganda tourism thing. And it was interesting how they showed things because they have built up a couple of, like, you know, cities that have like these, you know, huge, you know, like 20, 30 story buildings that they talk about how all these people live at. But if you actually pay attention, you'll see people come and go from these places. But 
It never seems like anyone is actually ever there overnight. So pretty much these are just big dressed up shells. Uh, if you look beyond like some of the barriers they have, you can see people like washing clothes in like damn near ditches. I think overall the answer, as Richard Gere is saying in the Podbean chat, North Korea, much like China, is asshole. So it brings us to what? Uh, I think like four or five countries that we definitely can't go to. We can't go to Iran, unfortunately, because of the government there and the fact that apparently drinking can get you a uh, an execution or a life sentence. We can't go to China. We can't go to North Korea. We can't go to Russia. We're running out of places. I think the next uh, class trip for the other ground and the other ground live, may, we may just have to listen to uh, Grad, who wanted me to take my non-existent wife to Canada and Croatia. I don't know if anybody here has been to Croatia. I'm assuming we've had people go to Canada because it's not exactly like a, a thing. I don't even think you needed a uh, passport for, for Canada, but hey, I could be wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. But yes, Sly, that was goddamn hilarious. Did you sure with the question about the California wealth tax? So I did see that. So that's, uh, it was like a, and you'll have to kind of refresh me because I don't have any detail pulled up. So I'm just going based on my complete Neanderthal memory here. It is a tax of... 0.4% and it doesn't kick in until you're what like a multi-millionaire or something like that but the crazy thing is is that you owe it up to a decade after you move away from California am I getting that right so Juicer says I'm correct so yeah that entire thing is fucking crazy that a state thinks that it can follow you taxing you I, I wonder, I guarantee the first person, or I guess number one, if they actually sign this into law, like, will this actually be a thing? I think there's probably enough level-headed people that are going to, like, cut that thing down into something that, that makes sense. This is probably going to be the far left in me that people will complain about. Um, but I think there is a certain level of wealth that we probably should tax to fund all the things that like we need to fund. I definitely don't think it should follow you for a period of time. That part is absolute idiotic. Um, but yeah, like at what point does making more money not really improve anything? So let's think about it. Just think of you know your own personal life. If you're out there and you're making, say, $25 million a year, at what point does getting taxed, even an obscene amount, say you start getting taxed at like 70% for your over $25 million, like, does that really impact your life in any, like, real tangible way at that point? 
Um, Dejusher is saying uh, he thinks it's based on net worth. I think that one does become difficult because if you're taxing people based on net worth, that's net worth. That's not necessarily any sort of liquidity that they have. So if you start taxing based on total net worth and you have people that say have a down year and they're not necessarily bringing in a ridiculous income, but they're just worth a shit ton. Are we really going to make people go sell their yacht so they can pay more taxes? That sounds wrong. But I think overall, like my opinion on that, this is yes, we should figure out a way to somewhat significantly tax people once they hit a certain level. And I think this is one of the crazy things. And when you hear about these countries that supposedly have like gigantic wealth taxes, you'll hear where they are saying, you know, super kind of crazy things. Like, oh, the rich are taxed at 70%. That's generally not how taxes work. Uh, like, if you, think, if you think of our tax code, you know, once you get to, say, $100,000, you're being taxed at, you know, 37%, let's, say, let's just say. Well, the thing is, until you make $100,000, you're not getting taxed at that amount. So if you make $105,000 that year, you're not getting taxed at 37% for all $105,000. You're getting taxed at 37% for $100,001 through $105,000. You're getting taxed at, say, 35% from $70,000 to $999,000 and 99 cents. And you're getting taxed for 30% for 50 to 70,000. You're getting taxed 20% from 30 to 50. And you're not getting taxed on the first 30,000. So when people have these sensationalistic responses to taxes saying, oh God, they're going to take 70% of your money. No, once you get to a ridiculous rich area, yes, you are going to get taxed very highly. But for your previous, you know, say $50 million in income, you're not getting taxed that highly. So I think some of those things make sense when you look at it at the, I would say kind of at the highest level with the most detail. But hey, I can also listen to people's argument that there should just be a flat tax over everything you make. The problem is, is then you kind of just overextend the burden of people that are making less because 20% of $40,000 and 20% of $20 million is a vastly different impact at a human level. Um, Sly, can't go on record, but I'm around people that are masters at cheating on their taxes. And it seems like people just find a way around the law. And that's absolutely true. And the scariest part is the richest people find the way to pay the least amount of taxes. I would never say that I'm rich. Like I'm pretty much right at like your six figures, right? Like, I've, I've said that before. I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but like if I was going to, you know, round up or down, it would still be six figures and it's not, you know, $200,000. It's closer to the other end. But I probably pay less in taxes than people that, work for me 
And I don't necessarily think that's right, but once you get to a certain level of wealth, and again, I don't consider myself wealthy, but probably just more well-read on these things as I've needed it in my industry. But when you get to the point where you actually seek out you know, opinions from accountants or you study up on tax law, like you get to the point where you're paying a far less percentage than those that make half of what you make. And that's how the systems was the system was built. We see it every year. Every year there are articles after tax day talking about how giant companies, whether it be Amazon, whether it be GE, whether it be other, you know, again, just gigantic corporations that pay an effective tax rate of zero. And then you get to the private you know, sector. These are the taxes you don't see, but there are the people out there making millions and millions of dollars, and they are paying the absolute bare minimum each year. I won't necessarily say that they're effectively paying zero dollars in taxes, but they're getting damn close. I know for a fact that I know people that are pulling in over a million dollars a year that are paying less taxes than, you know, people that are going out there on fucking TurboTax or whatever website you're going to use, plugging in their $45,000 a year job and spitting out that, you know, they paid, you know, fifteen twenty thousand $20,000 in taxes. Well, not $20,000 if they're 40, but they're paying, you know, $10,000 in taxes. They're paying a quarter of what they made to the goddamn government and a millionaire is paying 5%. Like we've, we've fucked things up. So I think going forward, and I would never be a politician because I'm far too direct. But if I was going to go and I was going to simplify the tax code, number one, I'm getting rid of all of the crazy shit that you can do, right? So your ability to carry losses from year to year to you know lower your tax burden from all of the ridiculous write-offs you can have. Let's just simplify this thing. And just flat out say that for the first $40,000, you're paying 10% of your income for, well, let's even make it easier than that. Let's say for the first $50,000, you're paying 10%, 12%, whatever works out to be relatively budget neutral if you fix our fucking ballooning government budgets because they can't run themselves. Whatever it needs to be, do that for the first $50,000, for $50,000 to $75,000. Have that section of your income go up another, you know, say 5%. From 75 to 100,000, bump it up another couple percent. 100,000 to 150, bump it up a couple percent. Get to the point where you do have that wealth tax at the point where people are making, let's say, eight figures and up. So once they get to that $10 million mark that, yeah, from that point where they're making 10 to $20 million, the 50% of that is going to the tax man. And I think there is where you finally get this goddamn country on track of being able to balance a budget to be able to forecast being able to fund government programs to the future without having to do anything crazy like we're trying to do now, whether it be eliminating the payroll tax, which is effectively going to kill Social Security and Medicare, and actually have the right type of receipts into the government 
that allow you to, you know, do some of these social things, maybe cut the, you know, the, the defense budget a little bit, but maybe either balance a budget or get back into the black. And no, I'm not talking about the lives that matter. I'm talking on the accounting sheet. Or maybe we can start working down this goddamn deficit. I don't know if you guys seen, but we are um, actually not talking about the national debt right now, but the deficit, I think we are on track for over a $2 trillion deficit this year. Obviously, a lot of the crazy stuff with COVID, or maybe it was even $2 trillion for a quarter. Basically, we're looking at just, you know, throwing ourselves deep, deep, deep into the red this year because of obviously the shit that's going on. Obviously, out of a lot of people's control, and you can't really, you know, for you can't really predict these things happening. But if we keep on this trajectory, we're going to be at the point within the next 10, 15 years that we have a national debt of $50 trillion. And I don't know if anybody has a, a concept of what $50 trillion looks like. I know goddamn well I don't. I cannot count that high. That seems like a bad idea. Like, I know the way that we founded this country, having the gold standard, having our, you know, having our money backed with something is just a pipe dream anymore. But I don't know how we sustain and we don't become something where the U.S. dollar is something like, you know, the Venezuelan whatever, where you end up having to buy a can of corn with a weight of money and not necessarily an amount because it's not even worth the paper it's printed on. Something to think about. But after my long diatribe there, hey, what do you guys think? What's your plans on taxes? I'm sure people have some great ideas here. I'm also sure that there are some people that are just going to say, hey, lower taxes which I think is the great talking point. And if it were possible, yes, let's absolutely lower taxes. But let's make sure that people aren't taking advantage of it either. And let's figure out how to get the government to spend less money, which I know is not sustainable, is not something that's going to happen. The juicer needs to, to get better at finding tax write-offs. Absolutely you do. I can tell you right now, you've done some Podbean broadcasts. So there are probably some write-offs there about you trying to start an internet radio show. And you needed to write off your internet connections and your new microphones and laptops and the section of your home that is now being used as a home office to be able to support that. Knowing that here in 2020, you definitely, you know, ran at a loss because you bought all these things, you paid all these things, and you probably only made about 20 cents in pod points. But hey, you're starting a business. The government's here to let you run in the red. And Sly helping us out here by sending a clap, throwing us a nickel. So now myself and Jay... We can absolutely write everything off. Jake can write off his awesome, weird Amazon shoes that he's wearing right now next to a pool. 
in wonderful Michigan. But guys, we are at 6.30. We are halfway through the show. My dog just freaked out, so I believe my delivery is here. So I'm going to leave you for about 30 seconds. I will be right back. I appreciate everyone here. While I'm gone, take a moment to follow the podcast or subscribe on YouTube. And I will be back to ramble about nothing and everything. I love you deranged motherfuckers. All right, everybody, we are back at my delivery. Hopefully it's not too cold by the time 7 o'clock rolls around. I don't remember what we were talking about. What were we talking about? I definitely do see some more pennies that were thrown. And Sly, it makes total sense. This is something I would expect from you, where you would spend 20 cents to throw a penny at someone. Ah, uh, yes, we were talking about taxes. So I'm not sure if we really have anything left on that topic. I think we've done a pretty good job uh, handling that. What else do we have out here? Yep, just lost what I was looking at. Ah, oh, that's wonderful. Regardless, so, yes. Taxes are terrible. We pay them. Probably pay more than we should. But uh, now that we are back, what else do you guys want to talk about? One thing that just kind of popped in my mind thinking about this goddamn delivery. Did you guys see in uh, California, obviously the place where we started this entire mess, talking about the wealth tax. Did you see where they are forcing uh, Uber and Lyft and, well, I guess any other ride-sharing company to classify their drivers as employees instead of independent contractors. I think only DeJuicer is in that area right now that may have heard of it, but what do you guys think of this one? You guys use Uber? Do you use Lyft? I think this will probably end up kind of trickling down to, you know, your food delivery services, your Grubhub, your DoorDash, your Uber Eats. 
Ah, Deducer doesn't live in the big city. Team Evil Bad Guys on the YouTube side asking about my food. I ordered a steak because I was lazy. And there was like a 20% off thing from Outback. So I got a New York strip. I forget how many ounces. It was the largest one that they could provide. So worst comes to worst, we can just throw that some bitch in the oven for a few minutes and uh, get it back to peak medium rare and be just fine. Yeah, so it sounds like Dejusher doesn't use any of those services. Anybody else? Like I know the times that I've been, at least lately, in New York, or I've been in some of the larger places in California, like Uber's been a godsend because traditional like taxis are fucking terrible. Um, Sly guy uses it uh, when he crosses the border. That's interesting. I didn't even know you could necessarily do that. But I think this is also kind of an interesting topic. You have all of this like gig economy anymore. And what do you think of these people as? Like, are they an employee of the company? Are they an independent contractor? I think, I think at least on my side, or at least the way that I'm thinking, I see gig economy as 100% independent contractors. These people have no requirement to log into these, these applications at any time. They don't necessarily have any sort of you know, they don't have any sort of work uniform that they have to adhere to past, you know, whatever you have to put on your car. Like, they decide their hours. They decide who they're going to pick up. Like, this seems to me like a hundred percent the definition of an independent contractor. So at least on my side, I see, you know, California as overreaching quite a bit on this. If they stick to their guns and, you know, both Uber and Lyft are basically saying that, you know, hey, we're going to have to shut down for a while to be able to support this. And when they come back online, prices are going to skyrocket. It's only going to be available in like the largest of the large cities, which makes sense. Because if you talk about the difference between an employee and an independent contractor, like you have all of the government requirements around benefits and everything else that you have to afford an employee. Whereas the independent contractor is just that, right? You say, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. I can give you a, like I can write it into the contract that it has to be conducted by a certain time but I can't tell you that you need to be here at 7 a.m. on a Monday and get such and such accomplished by noon and then come back from one to six. So I don't, I just don't see how a California court looked at an Uber or in Lyft and saying, hey, yeah, this is an employee-employer relationship. Sly guy thinks they're going to pull out of California because they can't make as much money. Yeah, I think I'm with you. When it comes down to the fact where all of a sudden an Uber is, is more expensive than a taxi, you're going to go back to the taxi. Like, that was the thing with Uber, is it was cheaper than the taxi, and generally it wasn't quite as dingy. But I guess I just don't get it, and I think this moves this topic along to other places 
is for the most part, when you think of most of these things that people either see folks as an employee or an independent contractor, generally there's a, there's a pretty easy line to follow. Being that we are an other ground podcast, uh, we definitely have, you know, a little bit of a connection to mixed martial arts. And I think this brings us to the way that the UFC thinks of their fighters and the way that they see fighters as independent contractors. And I think this one is much more hazy. So where Uber says, hey, you're a contracted driver with us, you get to accept, you know, rides, you get to log in whenever you want. Like this is the flexibility you have as part of the arrangement. With the UFC, you don't have that. Also with Uber or Lyft, you can log in and, you know, you can do some Uber rides from, from now until eight o'clock. You can then log out of the Uber app, log into the Lyft app, run Lyft fares from nine to 11 and do it all over the next day. Now that screams independent contractor while the UFC says you have to be here on August the 22nd at noon and you will be fighting anywhere between 10 p.m. and midnight. And oh yeah, as long as you're under contract, which we may not even have a fight lined up for you, you cannot fight anywhere else in the world. And if you do, that is a breach of contract. What do you guys think of that? I think this is an issue that started, I think mainly in professional wrestling as they were kind of one of the first places to have these so-called independent contractors in control when they worked, how they worked, what their attire must be like when they work and won't let you go to a competitor as long as they hold that contract. And Sly Guy's wheels are spinning. I think he's going to uh, join the idea that... Mixed martial arts competitors need to, and I think you always hear the stories that fighters must unionize and collectively bargain. And at that point, you absolutely are going to be employees. I don't necessarily know if it is something that they necessarily have to unionize, but they do need to get together and say, hey, I'm not going to sign another fucking contract with these people unless, you know, we start getting some things you know, called out in here that take care of this. Because you do, you have the UFC in their current contracts. You cannot work for any competitor. You have to, one moment. Sly, how's it going? Hey, how you doing, brother? I am going off on a weird soapbox monologue about the UFC and their fighters being employees rather than independent contractors. What do you think? Oh, well, the way we started talking about Uber and Lyft and how you swung that in, uh, th that was like, that was professional there. <laughs> hey, we all have our moments, right? <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. Um, you brought you bring up really good points on the UFC. Um, it, it really sucks to be Uber and Lyft. It, it, it's tough to do business in California. Uh, let me, you know, earlier I had mentioned, you know, I use Uber and Lyft when I when I when I border cross. 
Are right. You there? Yep. Right. I am absolutely here. A lot of people don't know this, but um, because things are expensive in California, I go to Mexico and shop a lot. I have a really good friend down there that owns a store, and we just, you know, trade a bag of goods for a bag of goods, and we hang out and laugh and and talk, and then I and then I leave. Uh, but I ride, I get dropped off at the border. They are now doing border crossings where you can pay a flat rate. And what that gets you is, if it's super hot out and you can't take the heat or you got a bad leg or something, uh, crossing that border is very rough. It's a lot of, it's a big pain in the ass because it's like an apparatus you got to walk around. And you don't bring your car to Mexico because if you get a traffic ticket down there or for anything, if the police want... They just impound your car, and they can hold it for weeks if they want. Well, depending on how much you pay them you to know, look the other way. Very true, but I don't like the way people drive there, and it's just, I prefer to walk. It's just safe, and then I can take taxis for really cheap there. So it's not like I'm, I'm actually spending more money to take my car, and then uh, they I hate the... The customs with the car on foot they just let you through especially if you got the extra uh sentry pass then you just walk they don't really even ask you any questions <laughs> but so th that's kind of you know what a lot of people do there because things are so expensive in california you know i buy pharmaceuticals and whatever in mexico and other things well, yeah, and that's that's a big thing like so when i lived in oklahoma which isn't even really that close to the border like I even knew people in Oklahoma City that would take the four or five hour drive down across the border to take care of stuff like that. Like a bunch of generic medications and stuff that they were paying hundreds of dollars here for. They could go and basically set themselves up for the next four months for like 40 bucks. Yeah, you know, well, we subsidize the whole world's prescriptions. I guess it is what it is. But um, also... There is, uh, you know, when I'm so, sometimes you got to wait in line, and now there's apps that tell you how long the lines are for the border waits. Uh, you will see like tons of just uh, regular people going down, and they're either getting their eyes done, or they're getting a surgery, or they're getting dentistry done, and they're paying cash because they can get it done there so cheap. Well, another thing, yeah, so. And this is a stripper thing that I got from, you know, all my years of, of doing that crazy stuff. So uh, breast enhancements are big there, too. Like there are some like there are places that are pretty reputable down there that'll do oh. it for relatively cheap. Like it's not like what you would think of, like a dark alley in Mexico throwing some sandbags in your tits. Like they do pretty good work. Well, the, you should tell the listeners how you know that. I mean, I only know that because I did security for some strip clubs over the years. And there were some women that, you know, had smaller tits than my pecs that over a couple months after making some decent money would disappear for, you know, four to six weeks and come back, you know, slightly augmented. And when they did, it wasn't because they had $20,000 to, you know, spend at a plastic surgeon here. They went down below the border, got that done, and, and got pretty much almost the same level of work. Yeah, agreed. And I'll, I'll take a note of that in case I'm ever not happy with my pecs, but mine are pretty good. 
<laughs> Maybe go get some uh, calf implants. That seems to be like the male cosmetic surgery. Oh, my God. I'm not one of those guys that can't grow legs. I stand by them and my legs grow. That is the crazy thing. Because there are some guys That's... that are just, it seems like they're physically incapable of doing it. I think they're just too lazy in the gym for most of them. Don't I you? would say, yeah, I would say most of them, but there are some that like I've seen, they will go and they'll start doing like calf raises with like 500 pounds and they'll lose sets of like a hundred and they just never seem to grow. Like, I think, it, I think there's a genetic, you know, piece to that. Okay. All right. I'm going to drop now. Cause I see that, uh, Grace eighteen has joined, so I'm gonna send I'm gonna send her a few chats here. Don't <laughs> okay if you don't anybody pay attention to it, just ignore. I appreciate. The, oh wait, wait a minute, we got a call from Grace eighteen. Sly, stay on the line. Grace, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing well. Sly, do you want to say hello to our guest? Hi. Hey, Sly. How are Hi. you? I'm well. How are you? Well, you called and I'm here. <laughs> okay. Uh, hi. Nice to meet you. Oh, this is great. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> too. <laughs> I just called and I just didn't know what to do. So I just, you know, uh, took the effort and I just pressed that. Wait, wait. Here I am. Producer, are you out there? I'm sure he's out there somewhere. So my question, Sly, and, and I know how you set these things up at some point. Do you actually know Grace? No. Well, now no. you do. We were, t um, Jejuicer, we, we were talking on the OG a little bit, and uh, I think it was Jejuicer said that uh, he thought that she was Bubbles, that dude. Oh. <laughs> Well, well yeah. just by the voice, she is there definitely was, not Bubbles. Like We have a real-life well, email on the did, line. Okay, to be fair, she fired back at some of our, you know, some of our OG talk in there. She didn't just, like, get repulsed and leave, so... Well, Grace don't take um, no shit. Yes, that's true. Sly, you, you don't have to back up for me. I can stand up for myself. <laughs> okay, you got it, girly. And I was a gentleman. Oh, yes, you were. <laughs> So, Grace, question okay, for got... you. Where Where are you from? Sure. Uh, why don't you give it a guess? Well, I mean, at, judging by your accent, it seems like you may be partially Indian, but, like, I don't know. Do you live in the U.S.? Where do you live? Yes. I live in the U.S., but, yeah, maybe. My parents are Indian. So, yeah. So, I'm Indian. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. That Fly, might be I'm sure you your job. Guessed. Probably not. <laughs> Definitely not. I wouldn't have. So, so Grace, what brings you to the other ground live? Like, how did you stumble across, you know, our group of Neanderthals? Um, I just saw that this podcast was live at this time, and I'm like, okay, let's join this one. <laughs> and everybody was commenting, and it was an active group, so I just thought of joining it. No ulterior motives. Well, we're glad that you're here. Some of us See, even more than others. I, I think Sly is grinning ear to ear right now. But I well, think he I, made his day. I know she's in the U.S. because of the time difference. I think it would be really damn late in India about now because 
you know, I have family that's almost in that time zone. Oh yeah, it's it's middle yeah. of the night there, isn't it? If I think about it, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I just use it based off the idea. So um, in my work, I deal with like so we have an entire kind of offshore development team um, in India, and you pretty much have access to them until about oh nine or ten a.m. Eastern here in the U.S. and like. They're going home and going to bed. So you like you feel bad because you're keeping them up even though you just woke up. Oh, that's bad. But that's job, you know, that's what they do. Yeah, it's interesting. Like they're they're great at what they do. And so like and we oh, and we have kind of just this constant um almost cycling. Like we bring a lot of folks on shore and they'll work here for as long as you know that visa allows and then they work for us offshore and it's just kind of off and on it's it's interesting like that um so were you born in the u.s or why did you come here so my parents they came there okay. so i was born here and that's how it is i, I don't really like to give a lot of information since you know it's a site and i don't know a lot of people if that is fine with you very smart not to yeah, definitely don't go into too many particulars. Like we have some some crazy, yeah. deranged Neanderthals here. I, yeah, I see that. Somebody was asking me about my time here, how <laughs> how it was. So I, I can understand. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, all guys, so I, I get it. Well, I think we have a couple females here now and then, but yeah, you're you're definitely more of the exception than the rule. But we That's appreciate you. you being here. So you're you're definitely um part of I guess as Jay would say the OJ the uh OG army henceforth. Okay. All right. I that. keep cutting out guys. My uh, my phone is blowing up. I think it's this window guy okay. so there, I got to drop. There's somebody talking about I manage a lot of folks from Hyderabad and Bangalore. I wouldn't know that dear because I never went there. So it's good that you do. Yeah, so we have a and that's actually kind of interesting, Juicer. So yeah, we have uh, we have some folks in Bangalore. We have some people in Chennai. Oh, okay. He's also asking about your diameter, but I don't, I don't, I don't quite understand that. I think he's saying. Yeah, what? You know, the person should dial in and talk to me. <laughs> he he might be asking, you know, how how many stones or kilograms you weigh, or I, I'm not sure what that means, diameter. Uh, yeah, a lot I of think, things. I think that's talking about the OG version of that sly. The OG as, version, you know. it's your it's butt. If it's your ass. If it's the OG, that's all, well, the, it's I, I all think about it could be, asses. I think it could be either entrance down there as far as how much it can handle. So, yeah, it's definitely a, uh, yeah, it's an OG kind of, uh, yeah, I don't even know how to describe that one. <laughs> I think the person should come, you know on this call and just ask what he wants to ask. You know, there you that. go, Jusher. You can call in and ask anything. We got you know about 10 minutes left here. Oh, he's working. The excuses, they, they come out now. Uh -huh. It's okay. Jusher, I think you're just shy. Like you could call in and we could, you know, work through your, your ability to, to conversate with a, a real I life woman. I was the only girl here. <laughs> I thought I was the only girl here, but it's okay. Oh, that I'll wait for him. <laughs> <laughs> Sly guy, at this yeah, at this point, Sly, I'm sure you're just ignoring the window guy. 
You heard that laugh and your attention's right back. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, I, I think <laughs> he I, says I think next out... time, please come back, Gracie. He's oh, trying to find my. Sorry, guys, I got to drop. Well, <laughs> I will be. Time. I will be. I will be back. <laughs> well, we may not be, depending on how much time's left here. But appreciate the call, Sly. So, Gracie, anything you wanted to talk about? Uh, we have a few minutes left here. No, I, I just wanted to jump on a call and say hi to everyone. I don't have anything special to talk about, but I think we can build up more on conversations tomorrow. I can come up with a topic, something well, that relates to a girl. <laughs> well, there you go. Like, yeah, let's definitely do that. I appreciate the call in today. Let's uh, anytime you want, definitely call in. And, and at some point we can do kind of like a, a, a Reddit style. Ask me anything where you can call in and, and all of these, you know, crazy virgin Neanderthals can ask <laughs> all of those crazy questions they have for a real life woman. Yeah. I really would want to talk to, uh, I think Daj. his name is Daj, right? I don't know. Uh, De I think is how is he, how he says it. Okay. So I really want to talk to him because I really want to know what's the dynamic out here that he's asking me about. So yeah, I think that's for tomorrow. Yeah, we would. Jusher, tomorrow, set aside at least 10, 15 minutes. We are booking it right now. It'll be Jusher versus Grace, the debate. (laughs) And we will all, we will all love that. Yes, I'll love that too. So Grace, I, I appreciate the call. I think we're probably going to go ahead and, and wrap up a little bit here, being that my food is getting cold. Oh. Uh, but again, thanks for calling in. Definitely call in anytime, anytime. especially tomorrow, uh, where hopefully we can get the juicer to stop being, you know, so scared of, of speaking to a woman. And, and we will have that as a... Yeah, as a he just said that he has some work and he's here online chatting. So, Dude, you got to come online tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, you hear that, Jusher? You're getting called out. If you don't show up, like, yeah, you know, we're gonna think you're scared of scared of talking to girls. Yeah. And again, I'm the only girl around here, so. Yes, you are. You are the woman of the OG life. That is now your title. <laughs> Wear it proudly. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Grace. Well, I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for the day. So I just want to thank everybody that did call in. So thank you to Sly. Thank you to Grace. Tomorrow we will have a segment where DeJusher hopefully calls in, speaks to Grace, asks all those crazy questions he's always had for a woman. And it will be our highest rated segment of all time. Also, thank everybody that's been in the chat. Thank you for throwing those pennies at us, even though it costs you 20 cents a piece. That is capitalism for you. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. I hope Jay is enjoying vacation. I believe he's going to be back tomorrow. So we will be back at full strength for the Grace versus Juicer debate. But until then, the way that I always end this podcast to each and every one of you in the most sincere way possible, fuck all y'all. Screw you, hippie.